Welcome to another episode of the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, Me and My House, and is spoken by guest speaker Terry Schock. We pray this message will bless your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit nlcclancaster.com. I would like to turn your attention to Joshua 24, 14, and 15. This is a message that, um, that I wish that I could preach a lot of places because I feel that it is a major word uh, to the apostolic church today. And again, thank you for the invitation to be here. Joshua 24, 14, and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. There's a great message right there because we can be sincerely wrong. There are people that are very sincere, but they're wrong. And the word says, "Be serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I want to speak this morning from this subject, me and my house, me and my house. Now, there are those of you that, that maybe everyone that lives in your house are not seeking God in the manner that, that you are. Then, then this message is me at my house. What happens so many times is anytime you deal with family anything, there are so many different dynamics in families now that people uh, quickly excuse themselves and say, well, that's just the happy little family that's got mother, father, and little kids, and they all love Jesus. Well, we understand that we're dealing with a lot of homes now that does not fit that. We have single moms here. You've had, you've had several homegoing services uh, lately, I hear. There's a lot of different structures and dynamics in home. This message deals with everyone. It's me in my house or it's me at my house. Would you just close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven right now if you're comfortable with that? And would you ask God to give you a personal revelation today of his word? God, we come. We come in your word every time your word goes forth. There is a personal word for us. And so, Lord, I'm praying that your anointing will be through the preaching and the hearing and God, that we will not just be hearers, but we will be doers of your word. Let it be done in Jesus' name. And can the church shout amen? Amen. 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 God bless you as you're seated. The issue is, is me and my house and not you and your house. Me and my house, not, not you at your house. I grew up in quite an interesting home have three brothers, the youngest, from the youngest to the oldest, there's an eight-year span, and I have a brother, I'm number three of four, 
and I have a brother that's one year and 10 days older than me. After I got a little bit older, I realized that I was a mistake. So I told my parents, I informed my parents that I was a mistake. Of course, my mother said, no, 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 you, you were a blessing. And I said, I was a blessed mistake because I know good and well that you and dad are not this stupid. You, you would not have planned two children together. So here, here we were in, in our home, and every now and then, we, me and my brothers felt like that my parents needed to be informed that there was a better way to parent based on what we learned was going on in other homes with our friends. They, they needed to know that because they were putting things on us that in our friend's home that was not being put on them, and we felt that they needed to be enlightened. And they did not feel that they needed to be enlightened at all. And so we would hear things like this. In the house, they may do it that way, but in the shock house, we don't do it like this. My family, and they were even talking about families in the church. My, my parents failed math. They could not count to three. They couldn't. They'd tell us to do I started hearing other people telling their kids to do things. And one, two, my parents never learned to count to three. It was, they, my parents wasn't even into timeout. They were into put out. I'm not trying to mess up your parenting. I'm not trying to mess up your house. I'm just telling you that, that that was the way that it was in our house. Me and my two older brothers, we were all three getting a, um, a whipping one day. And dad had us laid out across the bed, and it was rear one, rear two, and rear three. And he was just working right down the line. My older brother, we had, he had a friend that lived across the street. His name was Mackie McGrew. And so he was in the room while the slaying was going on, and, and Dad got and finished up rear three and reached for him. And, and Mackie yelled, I'm not your son. I'm not your son. And Dad said, well, get out of my house and, and get on home where you, where you won't get whipped. How many of you ever got whippings? Okay. All right. It was... It was me, it was, it was our house. It was our house. Now, I know we dealt with the marriage retreat yesterday, and I really did not know what I was going to preach today until early, early this morning when I felt the Lord uh, finally give me direction. And I feel that we need to continue in this vein. And here's the reason why that I feel so passionate about this message. It's this reason. Our homes, whether good or or bad, are a huge influence on us. A huge influence. I, I, uh, it is not my intention, and if you will listen to this message, you will not go out of here feeling bad or condemned about... Every one of us, if we could do things over, we, we would change things. 
If I could rewind, I would, I would change things about the way that, that I have been a husband. I would change things about the way that I've been a father. I would change things. It's like life, you just don't always do it all right. But the great thing about the Word of God is, is more revelation comes. And then we, we can align our lives according to the revelation that is coming. And, and if we're breathing, there's hope. If, if we're breathing, we can finish strong. Now, I am totally convinced, and don't put this on your pastor at all, I am totally convinced that until there is significant change in our homes, the church is stuck. I'm convinced of that. I am convinced now the more that I travel, the more I talk, the more I see, the more leaders that I deal with, I am convinced that the church is trying to do, and there are leaders absolutely wearing themselves out trying to make church something church cannot be and trying to make church answer questions that the church will not be able to answer. It's going to have to be done in the home. And so I know that, that a message like this could easily be like trying to dip out the ocean with a cup, but I would rather be sitting on, standing on the side of the ocean and trying to dip it out with a cup than, than having a nice room on a cruise ship going the wrong direction. And I believe that the church, the apostolic church, must step up now and must realize that, that what we are, we are at home, and, and that the home has to be in divine order. And we need to understand in the apostolic church that we will never be apologetically strong. We've got to quit apologizing for what we stand for. I'm not talking about being rude and crude and in people's face. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about being people that look in the Word of God, that go to the Word of God for our answers, that base things on the Word of God. You ready for this one? And that be people that pray and fast and go to the Word of God before we call 1-800-PASTOR and before we set up a counseling session, before we do any of that, we've got to be people that we decide, hey, we can read and uh, there are answers in here and we're going to be people that are going to seek after the Word of God and we're going to learn what it's like to be able to listen and hear what God is saying and then if we have to have something sorted out, then yes, we will go to our pastor. But listen, you can have a great relationship with God and there can be all kinds of, of revelation that comes to you about your family and about your life. Somebody, I hope, will accept that into your spirit because what happens is, is the church is being relegated to a weekend drug. The church is being relegated to a place we go on the weekend to help us feel better, to help us be able to make it one more week. That is not God's intention for his children. God's intention for his children is for us to get up in our homes and walk in dominion and walk in authority and understand that the kingdom of God is within us. 
So the kingdom of God is within us. That means that the kingdom of God wants to show itself in power in our homes, on our jobs, at our school, wherever we are, because the kingdom of God is within us. I believe we can live just like that. I also believe that the void in the home is causing a tsunami in the church. I am convinced that the church must just stand and share the principles of the Word of God, and then adults in homes, mother, father, guardian, whoever, has to take those principles from the Word of God and go and cut other things out of their life that is causing interference with what the Word of God is saying, and then allow our homes to get in order. I believe that focusing on key values in the home changes everything. I believe that values determine culture. Whatever the culture of our home is, that is because of what we have valued. Change value, change what you value, you can change the culture of your home. I remember um, in, in our home, as, uh, as I was being raised, I was thinking back whenever I put this message together about some values that, that I was raised with. One value, and it's, and it's proven by the fact that I'm alive to minister to you today, one value was is we respected our parents and we didn't talk back. I mean, you know, that the scripture in the Bible says, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long. There's another side to that thing. I don't see in the Bible where they actually killed a kid, um, you know, but anyway, the Bible says it, and that was a value. A value at, at our home was also that we couldn't whine. We couldn't whine. I adopted that with my children. I like that value because whining is like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. I cannot operate around a whiner. Um, I didn't pastor whiners good at all, at, at all. I would get them to talk to somebody else because I didn't want to damage them because I couldn't stand it. When people start whining, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just I start drooling or shaking or I, I couldn't handle it. So our, our kids knew early on, shocks don't whine. We don't whine. We'll deal with issues and we'll talk and you can be sad and all, but you can't whine. That was, that was just a value. Try to adopt that one at least for a week and see how much better your, your home is. There was another value that we had and it was clean up your mess. And, it, and we had a, another value that was very, very strong, and that was do your chores. I'm just, I know you didn't expect this on Sunday morning, but here it is. Um, allowance, when we talked about allowance, my allowance was your rear end will be allowed to feel good if you mow the yard. <laughs> and, and your rear end will be allowed to feel good if you wash the dishes. And if... That, you know, I was not raised by a slave driver. I look back and I thank God that I was raised by equippers and not entertainers. Now, we had, we had fun. We, we had a lot of fun in our house, but it was, it was work first and then fun. You earned your fun. <laughs> Somebody said, get the microphone away from the guy and let's go to talking in tongues and giving interpretation or something. <clears throat> 
There is one thing, and when I say this, I don't want anybody to be offended that maybe this was not the way it was in your house, because I'm not, I'm not trying to offend people. But I never heard this at my house. Are we going to church Sunday? Are, are we going to church? Are you kidding me? That, that was not a question. Are we going to church Sunday? No. You know, are we going to church Wednesday? I mean, when I was growing up, we had revivals that like went every night. And there was never a question. Okay, we've gone two out of five. Is th can we take three off? That, no, it wasn't that. Uh, I'm sick. Well, how sick are you? Well, I'm running temperature. Well, what is it? Because if it was this much of a temperature, then you could sit, you know, toward the back of the church. If it was this much of a temperature, we had a balcony, you could sit in the balcony. I'm just telling you about what was valued. These were values. My dad was very sick, and he ended up passing away when he was 42. I talked about that the last time I preached here. And one, uh, one Sunday night, Super Bowl Sunday night, he was sick and in the hospital. So we all wanted to stay with him to take care of him. <laughs> that night, I mean, you know, Dad, we, you know, you don't really need to be by yourself. Boys, you're going to church, and you're not staying home, or you're not coming with me, because we didn't have television at home. So it was staying home wouldn't even matter. It was, uh, you're not coming to the hospital with me because we're not going to watch Super Bowl. Well, during church, I slipped out to call him to check on him. Because I needed to see how he was feeling. We didn't have smartphones back then. And uh, he, he, I said, Dad, how are you feeling? He said, Terry, I am not telling you the score of the Super Bowl. <laughs> he, said, he said, because I'm not watching the Super Bowl. Because if y'all are not going to get to watch it, I'm not watching it. Now get back in church. That was just, that's just the way it, the way it was. Values, values, values determine culture. I want to talk about a couple of values, and I'm very aware about what time that the wheels come out on the speaker and starts landing the plane, so don't anybody get nervous that I'm going to go on and on and on. So I don't know how many of these values I'll get to. Let's just flow with it a little bit. Number one, in your house, you better have the value of being spiritual. You, you better have it. You say, well, some of that spiritual stuff spooks me out. It's not going to spook you out near as bad as what's going to happen if you're not spiritual. We're talking about real spook then. And when we're looking at the value of being spiritual, Romans 8, 5 through 8 says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what is the word saying? You will never have life and peace without a spiritual mind. Never. There are people, they want life and they want peace. It cannot be realized without having a spiritual mind. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. 
We must have a spiritual mind in order to keep our spirit under control. We have to have the work of the Spirit. There are too many people trying to do things without being empowered by the Spirit. Our New Year's resolutions are not going to help us fix it. The things we are up against, you're not going to just decide. You may decide and make a difference for a while, but, but we're, not, we're not going to overcome this flesh with our flesh. It's going to take a work of the Spirit. Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Our out-of-control spirit has no protection against the enemy. None whatsoever. We have to have spiritual minds, and, and we must have a spiritual home. Now, when I'm talking about having a spiritual home, I'm not talking about, you know, well, we just float around on clouds and talk in tongues all the time at our home. We don't even talk in English. We talk in tongues interpretation about what we want for breakfast or whatever. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about having a spiritual home. Every one of us can have a spiritual home. And I'm telling, I'm telling you, I'm telling me, if we do not get focused on being a spiritual person 24-7, this church is never going to see what God intends for it to see. Never. It's not going to happen. We cannot have good enough church. The apostolic world has got to understand we'll never have good enough church to walk in dominion and authority. What can happen is, as an apostolic church, we can end up being like Halloween, where we preach against it and then practice it 365 days a year, where it's like it's Sunday, it's time to dress up like a religious person and go to a religious building. That, that's not going to work. Coming to church on a Sunday and having a snack pack happy meal with God and then gorging at the table of devils all week long will never have us walking in dominion and authority. <laughs> never. Never. Eating and drinking at the table of devils all week long and thinking that a feeling the Spirit of God on Sunday is going to fix it. We are living below our privilege. You can walk in dominion, and you can have authority. You can stand up against spirits. But when we entertain spirits, then it's hard to deal with the spirit that comes against us. Many people, it seems like that they've cut a deal with the devil, that, that you know, uh, these lower-level demons or whatever, we'll just go ahead and we'll do life together. But then when a big one shows up, then it's time to call in the name of Jesus. It's not, at that, it's not that at all. It's anything that comes against us that is not spiritual if we will submerge ourselves in God's Word and be led by His Spirit, then when spirits, not if they come against us, when they come against us, we will be able to stand. 
I want to tell somebody right now what you continually have to fight, continually have to fight, and continually have to repent of. It is not God's will that we have to live years and years and months and months and weeks and weeks not being able to overcome. We, we got to change our lives. And we've got to have, we got to be spiritual people, spiritual minded, and have a spiritual home. Melanie's uh, second cousin, they um, went on vacation, and they came back from vacation, and you know what they found in their house? Something to do with the sewer in the city malfunctioned. And the whole week they were gone, sewage was backing up in their house. They came home to that. They came home to a totally destroyed home. They lost everything. Well, I was thinking about that, and I was trying not to think too much about it because the mental images of all that can get real rough in your head. And, and I, got, I got to thinking about that, and then this hit me. What would it be like if we would go back into our homes and say, God, would you let me see in the spirit how much sewage is in this home? How much sewage is in this home that is pouring in through the airwaves or what's on our phone or, or what's, you know, just, just the sewage, the sewage that... Living in authority and dominion is not a break on Sunday from the sewage we live in. It's time for us to take out the trash. It's time for us to get rid of the sewage. It's time for us to call things spiritual or not spiritual and, and get a spiritual mind. <coughs> I used to get so frustrated. I'm going to try to be careful here. I know this is a weird Sunday morning message. I got it. I know it's weird. All those years that I was pastoring, people would come and ask me dumb questions. Like, like Pastor Terry, is it okay to watch PG? PG-13? You know, only, only the, the crazy ones asked me if it was okay to watch R. But they'd usually go like G and PG, and I got so tired of hearing those questions. And so finally, I got an answer for him, and I started telling people. First, we've got to understand that the rating system was not passed down from the Council of Acts 15. We don't know who these people are that is deciding that all you've got to do is live to be 17 years old, and then you can watch any kind of filth that you want, and it's okay. And so I started looking back at them and saying, the Bible says set no wicked thing before your eyes, and the Bible says take no pleasure in unrighteousness. So what I want you to do is, is I want you to go do a study on wickedness, and I want you to go do a study on unrighteousness, and then I want you to come back and tell me what you can watch and what you can't watch. I got so tired of trying to mark it down for people. People have to understand we are going to have a heart for God. We're going to call spiritual what spiritual is. We're going to call unspiritual what unspiritual is. I'll tell you who I'm preaching for right now. I'm preaching for the people that believe that this church can become everything that the Spirit has said that this church can become. 
I'm preaching this morning for some people that you're tired of living in the same mess. You're tired of fighting the same demons. At least, at least have victory over some demons so you can fight some new ones. I mean, don't you ever get to a point where you just like to fight a new devil? Well, we got to get rid of some of these old ones to be able to fight some new ones. And the same way that we defeat any of them is the same way we will defeat all of them. I'm not trying to make us a bunch of Pentecostal misfits or crazy people or whatever, but come on. Let's step up to the revelation that God has given us. Let's step up and be the kind of people that God intends for us to to be. If it's not okay to do it, it's not okay to watch it. I'm talking about having a spiritual mind. I'm talking about having a spiritual home. So how do we have a spiritual home? Well, don't, don't overcomplicate it, please. And I won't get to another value. This is the only value we'll deal with today. Quit overcomplicating it. If you have a spiritual home, then you're going to need to pray at home. But now when you say pray at home, some people get the shakes. Because I guess they think that the, uh, there's only one kind of prayer, and that's the fifth level of intercession where there's groanings and nobody can understand, and it freaks everybody else out in the home. Now, I'm not going against any of that, but, but look, just pray. Just pray. Just join hands and pray. Like, as in, Lord Jesus, thank you for this family, and we need you. Help us today. You know, we, we know that your mercy is, is real for us. Just, just pray. Prayer is not an Olympic sport where angels are holding up cards. Well, did you hear that one? Yeah, I heard that one, but there really wasn't much to that. Ah, 1.4. <laughs> well, now, you know, hey, yeah, kind of put three sentences together right there. Four and a half. Heard a couple lines in tongues. Now we're on up to, hey, eight, eight and a half. Now we... No, sir, it doesn't matter if you think your wife outprays you. It's not a contest. And if you are judging somebody in your home about prayer, then stop. Let's pray. When our families are under attack, have a day of fasting. Have a family fast day. When there's a major situation that comes against you, have prayer. Pray. Like, pray. I know this is a weird kind of pause in the sanctuary this morning. We're overcomplicating it. We're overcomplicating it. If somebody's sick, you know, I don't know if y'all uh, have oil in your, your homes. <coughs> we did. 
And we got had a bottle of oil. Well, we always have a bottle of oil on uh, hanging on the wall. And the reason why it's on there, our kids grew up with that because, you know, we get sick. So if something gets sick in our house, it gets anointed, including dogs. Gets anointed. We had, we had one dog, well, we have, we've had three schnauzers. And uh, the second one, was it Molly? When Molly, uh, it was time to put Molly down. And Braden was about 10, I think, at that time. So he carries, we didn't know that, that it was time to put uh, Molly down. But he, he, he walks in carrying Molly, and we're behind him. And, and, uh, and Melanie gets that oil uh, like the real stuff. The real mixture thing. She orders it from heaven, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> it smells good. It it's really smells good. That oil smelled good. And so, of course, Braden had anointed Molly, and Molly was really smelling good. She's feeling terrible, but she was smelling good. And uh, he's, he's holding her, and the vet comes in. Veterinarian, he comes in. He's going to talk to us. He goes, something's... Something smelled, what's that smell? And Brayden looked up at him like he didn't have a brain. He said, anointing oil. <laughs> I mean, like, you don't know that smell? Doesn't everybody know that smell? Well, we'd rubbed that on him so many times. He knew what, you know, I mean, it was just, it's right there on the wall. You get sick, you get anointed. The dog's sick, we anoint the dog. So what's wrong with that? We, we, had, we had a situation where uh, we were like really in, in a mess. I'm watching the clock. We were, for all those of you that are worried, I'm watching the clock. We were in a major mess because Melanie, for about eight years, she was so sick that we didn't know what day she was going to be out of, out of bed. and It was bad. We were at Diagnostic Clinic in Houston six times one year. Could not figure out what it was. Well... Her and Kendra were going on a 30-day, um, they had a 30-day missions trip planned to the Philippines. And so, man, I'm starting to have visions of her ending up in intensive care in Manila, you know, and, and all this business. And so now it's about time to go on the trip, like Friday, before y'all left on Monday, right? So I was trying to get advice on it, you know, and, and uh, I was getting all kinds of different advice. So finally I just said, Friday night, we're having a prayer meeting at the house. Her mother, we told her mother, we told my mother. Um, uh, Jeff and Brenda Mallory are great friends of ours. They've done uh, missions work in the Philippines for years. Them, their kids. So we all just came in the house. And I said, okay, we don't have direction. We got to get direction, whether they get on the plane, whether they don't get on the plane. This is a big deal. I said, so I can't get a word on this, so let's just pray. So we just all knelt down and started praying. Like, just started praying. We prayed for a while, and it kind of, you know, settled down. And so I looked up from where I was praying, and I said, does anybody have a word? Because I didn't have a word. And anybody feel anything? Anybody? And everybody just kind of looked around like, no. I said, well, let's pray some more. So we prayed some more, and then it was kind of after a while, and, and I'm, I'm saying these kind of details for a reason, because we have so overcomplicated this. And so we, we just prayed for a while, and then I felt a little change, and I said, does anybody 
feel a word. Then I think, I don't, who was it that spoke up first? Was it your mother or, you think it was my mother? And my mother said, I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling peace about it. And I had, felt, I had felt peace about it at that point. And then when her mother said she felt peace, then it was like, well, God has spoken. <laughs> I mean, believe me. Okay, it's over. Let's eat something. It's over. It's done. God is no. Um, so we all we all went around and we just felt peace about it. And even though she was still not feeling good when she got on the on the plane, and over in on the trip, God healed her. In in the Philippines, God God healed her. <clears throat> We lately we've been we've been praying about some things. I was praying about I was praying about a very serious situation not long ago at home, and uh, and then and then uh, it was early early in the morning. So I prayed for a while, and then I went back to bed, and then God let me go into this this deep vision, um, and and these things happened to me that helped me have a clear picture of what I was praying about. So then I knew how to pray and how to proceed. Well, then we were into another situation. I told Melanie about that. Then we were into another situation a few months later. And so I'm in my place praying early in the morning. She had got up. She was praying in her place. And she, and she said, God, would you speak to Terry the way you spoke to him a few months ago on this situation? And so help me. The same thing happened again. I'm just, I'm saying this to just say, would we quit complicating these things? And would we just take the word of God? And would we just pray? And would we just take out the trash? Take out the trash. Take out the trash. I, uh, I used to have a, a car. It, it was a Yukon. It was a nice car. I came out one morning, and there was a big puddle of oil under it. Well, now, if something is leaking windshield wiper fluid, big deal. If it's leaking oil, it's really a big deal. So I wouldn't even start my car up. I had to figure out why is that leak. And this is what hit me. You will be so concerned about your vehicle leaking oil. What about you? What about the oil of the Spirit? See, in Matthew 25, it talks about ten virgins. You've got five wise, five foolish. What, what, was the deal with, what was the deal with the wise? What made them wise? They were very serious about oil. What made them foolish? They were not serious about oil. What I speak into people's life, anything draining the oil of the Spirit in your life, has to, it has to be dealt with. It has to be dealt with because the issue is oil. Now here's, now here's what I know. Here's what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. God wants to take this church to another dimension. I'm also convinced that this church 
or any other church is not going to go to the dimension that God intends until we get serious about our homes. We, we love Acts 2. I love Acts 2. You know, infilling the Spirit, all that. I love Acts 2. And then all of the, uh, at the end of Acts 2, where it talks about in fellowship, breaking bread, and all these things. There was explosive revival in Acts 2, and we lock into daily. But who were these people? These, these were people that had the foundation of Deuteronomy 6, and it was when you rise up, when you go to bed, you're talking about it, you're staying focused. So we're trying to produce with daily and we're not understanding that the foundation of powerful daily is continually. Continually. And when we start stepping into continually, then we will be able to, to see the power of daily. I just believe we're leaving a lot on the table. I believe we're leaving a lot on the table. I'm not, I believe in my own life, the, the more I'm waking up, uh, I, I have to stay focused. I have to stay, I have to keep myself focused on the vision that I'm seeing now for forward because I could easily get hung up in aggravation for how I've been. And so in my own life, I'm having to just shut down, okay, coulda, woulda, shoulda, yes. If I could go back, yes, 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 I'd change, yeah. But all I can do is today and tomorrow if God gives it to me. So I'm just focusing. Can, can you change everything in one day? No, but you can change directions in a minute. And you can start walking. So right now, as we stand together, if you'll just flow, flow with me here, I believe God's going to speak very, very deep to some people. If you are a head of your household, or if you're the only representative, male, female, that does not matter, or you're the only representative of your household, and you would like to take some steps toward what I, am, what I have talked about today, would you just step out and walk forward? Heads of households. It could be single moms. It could be a, a young person, a hyphen age, junior high, senior high. That you're you're the rep, you're the representative of your of your house right now. Come, come on down and don't don't hang your head. Just walk in confidence right here, even if you're a teenager, college age. I want you to look at the homes that are represented in in this. In this church, homes. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be amazing? There are a lot of homes represented in this church. Wouldn't it be amazing? I have no idea how. I have no idea how many. But wouldn't it be amazing if if we would so listen to what the Spirit is saying and start following after that in such a manner that we started a church on our street. That, that if every one of you that have walked forward, that if it would end up being you led in a manner that there was a lighthouse on your street.
that your house became known as a might not agree with the way everything they do we might not agree with but there's something different about that house there's something different about those people i believe that is the key to the end time revival and the harvest that god wants to give us that is the key not just being faithful to having good services on Sunday.